I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Men say podcast a late late winner for us to discuss here Sunderland beat Gillingham one nil at the very very death. I'm Stephen Goldsmith, joined as always by Gareth Barger. Good evening. Evening. Good. Good weekend, Gareth. Let's get that small talk bit in for the. It was all right. Yeah, it's pretty. Easing the listeners in. You're pretty generic. I didn't do, no, I didn't do anything <laughs> exciting. Really, weekend. it was generic. When I came here on Sunday. I mean, yeah. you can't get more generic than that. Rock and roller, you? rock and roller. Yeah. Uh, someone mentioned, actually, yeah. someone at work mentioned Ikea the other day, and I think I've been there years. We've realised oh. it was still a, a popular thing anymore. Oh, well. Okay. Uh, joining uh, myself and Gareth to um, discuss the game and other things is former captain of Sunderland and now well-known summariser of Sunderland, Danny Collins. Evening, Danny. Yeah, good evening. How are we doing, Steve? You Okay. Yes, very well, thanks. You? Well, yeah, not too bad. It's not too Your bad. weekend generic as well? Uh, yeah, it was uh, a bit of relief in there, I think, for everybody at the in the 95th minute, wasn't it? But uh, it's one of them, we'll go over it, but got the job done and uh, moved on to the next one. So uh, it made everybody's Sunday a little bit better, didn't it? Well, that, was that what you did on a Sunday, Danny? You got the job done and move on to the next one? Like, do cut the grass, that's done. Those, the yeah, those out. jobs need doing, don't that's they? Done. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sunday dinner. <laughs> the lawn, the lawnmowers are starting to come out now, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I get somebody I mean, else to cut my grass. So you get somebody else to cut it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I, I do do it if I have to, but we step. You see, it's a chore. Yeah, it's a bit of a chore for you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Do it sometimes, but like he, he offers, he likes to. So I'm like, all right. And... I, I, I mean, I don't, you know, do gardening and stuff, but I mean, surely everyone's just got a lawnmower. That no, I, I can do it. I'm not saying I can't, <laughs> but he just offers and, like, I just think, oh, if you want to do it, oh, well. you go. Well, if he likes it, he can come around and do, because there's a bit out my front that isn't technically our land or anything, <laughs> but it's it's right next to our house, so I feel obliged to do it, because, like, we'll just get left if I didn't. And that's a bit of a pain in the arse. So if he, if he likes uh, doing the lawn that much, he's uh, always welcome to come around and have a bit of that. Council should do that, really, shouldn't they? Never mind. Um, right. <laughs> I think with straight small talk in there, might minute eye talk. No, I was looking at. Um, I, I was just looking at some stats of the, of, of the show earlier, and um, interesting, like our average, the average age of our listeners actually like a little bit younger than us. So we need to be careful how the conversations develop. Talking about um, mowing your lawn, and and we might lose some of that demographic, might we? Um, We've grown old with the podcast over the last 10 years. That's a problem. We would never have had this discussion 10 years ago. Right. Daddy, you mentioned that, um, you know, Sunderland left the late, but they got the job done. But I mean, 
it just shows that the power of one goal, doesn't it? Because the reaction would have been very, very different following on from um, Charlton and Lincoln, in, 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 which were games similar to this one, where Sunderland have just had a lack of cutting edge, but the difference was this time they got the goal and uh, suddenly you, you can be a little bit positive about it, can't you? Roy Keane's teams were praised highly for this. Yeah, got to keep going till the end and that's what they've done, to be fair. But no, it's the thing, I think Frankie said just before the goal, obviously, uh, on the comms, that if the goal goes in, the roof will come off. And I was thinking, well, if, if we don't manage to get one, it could go the other way, you know, the boost could come out. But, you know, that would have been, what, our third nil-nil in the space of five games, wouldn't it? Um, and at this stage of the season, it wouldn't have been what we were after. But no, credit to the boys, I think you've... It's difficult. We've said it there. We knew what Gillingham were going to do. Come and sit deep, make it difficult for us to play through them. And they perhaps thought they got the job done. I thought they defended quite well second half. Um, I thought Tucker, the, the centre-half, was the pick of their defenders. He defended really well. But it was him that Nathan Broadhead managed to get the better off of the goal. Good ball in from Embleton. Hung over the back of him there and just nods it into that far corner. And just the relief in the stadium. And as we said there, it keeps us in the hunt. We're back into the um, into the playoffs. And we go again. And normally, like, you know, we, we used to seeing this from, from visiting teams here um, in this league anyway, um, where they come and they put people behind the ball. But there's normally a little bit more ambition than what Gillingham had. You think like a team yeah. will come and they'll think, right, we'll have, you know, we're only going to have a handful of attacks this game. Let's make one of them count and try and, and, and pinch a winner on the break. But it seemed like Gillingham didn't even have that ambition. And they were literally, they came and they said, we're getting a nil-nil from this game. Yeah, I think I think they had one first half half chance at, at best, wasn't it? It was sort of um, from that tight angle on the left hand side. Kelman caught it quite well, flew over the top of the angle. I think Patso would have saved it anyway had it been on target. But other than that, Verdane Oliver very isolated, especially second half. You know, no one within 30, 40 yards of him. They kept booting it up the pitch. We regained possession and we came again. But as I said, there between the sort of their, the edge of their 18-yard box and 20, 30 yards further forward. They had eight or nine men, nice and compact. And, and we did struggle to break them down and create anything, really. And as you said there, you do expect teams, even if they come up to the stadium like at this level, throughout the 90 minutes to maybe have a couple of set plays where they test us or, as you mentioned, a couple on the counter-attack. But they didn't really have that, did they, throughout the, throughout the 90 minutes? And it just looked like it was going to be a frustrating afternoon, you know, nil-nil and doom and gloom and that but uh, and as you say I think the pleasing thing is when well Alex Neal's making his substitutions they're coming on and, and having an effect on the game we've seen it against Crew, you know Patrick Roberts coming on getting his goal and um, and the same again at the weekend and that's what you need we, we, we spoke about the strength and depth really when you look at the bench and um, as you say they come on and they, they had an impact and Nathan coming back from another injury and getting his goal Your general thoughts Gareth? Um, it's an interesting one when, you know, after the game, you, you kind of you had this kind of split where some people were like elated. Obviously, we'd won the game in the last minute and in the manner you win the game, it always does kind of give you that extra lift. Like if you if you scrape a 1-0 and you score after like 15 minutes or something and you can't break them down for the rest of the game, maybe people coming away a bit more, I don't know, but with a bit more of a negative look on the game um, and you still had people sort of of the opinion that you know what they saw the 90 minutes wasn't particularly good or good enough um, I know like listen to the reaction and the lads kind of touched on a bit of that where kind of saying what Ronald Richard was saying well 
performances do matter and sort of thing. And I kind of take his point to an extent, but I mean, I'd happily done my tin hat here, but I didn't think, you know, we played that like really badly. I thought we probably started bright and faded as the game went on as we kind of not run out of ideas, but maybe just our decision-making in the penalty area started like around the penalty area started to um, sort of deteriorate as the game went on. Um, you know, maybe there's a bit of lack of self-belief, maybe some, some, some individuals. And then as time goes on, you know, Evans misses that chance and, it just kind of builds and builds and builds. And then fortunately we did, like you say, Danny, I think it would have been, the roof would have come off with a booze, I think, if we hadn't got that goal. So um, it was massive really to win that game. When you look at the league table now and the situation obviously in the week, we've got Wickham are playing, Oxford are playing and MK Donson we're going to play. I know that probably won't affect us particularly. But the like with the games that um, I think they've got, Wigan have got Cambridge, I think, and Oxford have got Morgan. So you'd expect them to get results in those games, probably wins, which will probably see us eighth going into Saturday, um, albeit with a game in hand. But it's if we hadn't won that game, um, you know, we're two points further off, and then say Oxford win and Wigan win tomorrow night. You know, we know we need to beat Oxford just to keep in touch and distance psychologically. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the significance of the goal, maybe at the time, it just felt as all right. Yeah, you know, six and all that kind of thing. But I think the wider significance of the goal, when you look at the context of, of the week and how it could turn out going to Oxford next week, it was absolutely massive psychologically, I think, for us going, going into the I was going to try and hold all the negative talk about our league position and how other teams are doing and look at it all ethics. Well, just I don't, you don't, I don't think, midweek to I don't to, think there's any... I don't think... You. I don't... like. I think it's a psychological thing rather than, you know, the reality of the situation is if, you know, we're going to have to win probably three or four of our last six games, including avoiding defeat or beating at least one of Oxford and Plymouth. Yeah, we're going to have to win one of those um, At the moment, you'd probably say beating Oxford is probably the more vital of the two games. Um, so the, the 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 task in hand would have been the same, but I guess it's it's just with so little time to go psychologically, that pressure of the table. I mean, I'm sure Danny's probably been in that situation, you know, with, with Sunderland in a couple of, you know, seasons where we've been chasing promotion and you know, that, that table pressure when you're trying to get promoted as the game's running out. Obviously, with Keane, we didn't get going really until sort of February time, wasn't it, really, after the January when no brought in Edwards yeah. and things like that, and Stern John and things like that. And that's when we really sort of start to kick on. Um, But I mean, I mean, as a player, Danny, I mean, would you be, if, if I know Neil said himself he wouldn't, like he doesn't look at the table, he just kind of concentrates on the games. But the players will be looking at the table and stuff like that, and we talking to people who, you know, possibly are in the squads of the opposition and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you know, say we don't win that game on Saturday, Wigan Oxford win tomorrow night. We're going to that game on Saturday. What would be? Well, about 
four or five points off Oxford going into that game. I mean, how how as a player, how do you how are you viewing that situation then with six games to go? Yeah, no, you're right, and you do as a player. I mean, I'm looking at them now, and obviously I'm just doing the commentary, but you're looking at the other teams' fixtures, and I said it's you know Saturday. All the teams in and around the playoffs, top seven or eight, they've all got two or three games against each other as well. It's not as if any of the sides in and around us have got a on paper which you deem a good run against sort of teams from 15th down, have they? Everybody's got to take points off each other. So, as you say, it's, it's a vital one at the weekend coming up. You know, yes, they play tomorrow night. Hopefully they drop points. But as you say, they're looking at the fixture. You'd fancy them. Uh, I thought, what's the highlights of the weekend? I thought Oxford were unlucky down at Plymouth. Yeah, it did look like um, it, it? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're top scorers in the league. They're going to have chances. And we've just mentioned about Gilligan there coming up to the Stadium of Light and sitting back, not really interested in and coming out to try and win the game. I think... Saturday will be quite an open game. Oxford play that way anyway. They'll fancy themselves taking us on on their patch. Uh, but I think, you know, looking at us in our last couple of away games, uh, down at Lincoln, I thought we played quite well. Charlton as well. So it might suit us a little bit more as well. I'm, I'm sure we'll get opportunities. Could be a 4-4 job, something like that. We'll have to wait and see. But no, you, you do. You're at that stage of the season. And whether you're, you're chasing or you're at the top of the table, the likes of Rotherham and Wigan, uh, especially Rotherham have, have faltered in recent weeks and they had a, a nice cushion. That's obviously gone now. They're looking over their shoulder at perhaps MK Dons well, and Plymouth to some extent. MK Dons play tomorrow night as well. And so yeah. if Wigan and MK Dons win, they'll be they'll drop the third. third than... Exactly. And then they're playing catch of obviously with the, yeah. with the Papa Johns as well yesterday. Um so yeah, and maybe Plymouth, you know, Plymouth sat on 77 points, but they their last four fixtures are against teams in the top six, seven, aren't they? So they've got a tough run in themselves. But we've just got to keep chalking the results off. You know, go down to Oxford at the weekend, hopefully put in a good performance and uh, and come away with at least a point. Certainly not getting beat, as you say there. You don't want to go down there and lose what is obviously classed as a, as a six-pointer. You've got, you've got to respect Plymouth, haven't you? Because we, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago where we were looking at the fixtures and we looked how hard their last few games were and we were saying, well, they're going to have to put as many points on the board as possible and put some distance between themselves and us and other teams around us before that point. And they've done that, haven't they? Because they've just been relentless. And they've, like well, you say, maybe fortunate at the weekend, look at, looking at going off the highlights on Quest. I mean, that's all we're going off, isn't it? Um, but, you know, f- full respect to them for doing that. And it's um, it's just ridiculously competitive this season. They'll, be, look, this they'll season. be looking up rather than down now. They'll be thinking, could we, could we sneak in to the top two? I mean, the, you would be if you're in their position. What have they got? Three 70, points. They're three points. They're three points. seventy-seven, aren't they? Yeah, they've they've played more games. on they? they've yeah. played forty-one already. So they, you know, we've got three, three games yeah. on them. But, three more than you know, we look two more than Rotherham. Yeah, and they've they got to play Wickham. They've got to play us, Wigan, and MK Dons. I think last game of the season as well. So uh, some tough fixtures for them. But similar to themselves, I think they'll enjoy those games more, perhaps as well. Where teams, you know, they've got to come out and try and try and score, try and win the games themselves. So there'll be opportunities at both ends of the pitch, you'd imagine. Mm. I, know I, mean, it's Wickham, I know it's Wickham. We've got Gillingham in a couple of weeks, which is quite an interesting one, I think, because I think, to be fair, Gillingham in terms of a... That was probably the toughest sort of defensive display we've... I can remember us coming up against at the stadium, really, in terms of... Since we've been in League One, I know teams do come and sort of tr- sometimes try and shut us down but I thought they did it really well like and it was very difficult to you know, break them down um and 
it's interesting. They got got a draw, didn't they? Um, was it Sheffield they, they drew nil yeah. nil with? Yeah, think? Sheffield went so... there. They beat Accrington as well, didn't they? I think before, yeah, before so, the weekend. You know, I know you know, we were discussing it before, and you said that their away record against teams in the top half wasn't great. So you'd and you'd expect to be chilling them anyway, but you know, that's why I kind of caveat the weekend. I know it's frustrating, but at the same time, we've won the we've won the game and our record generally since we've been down here has been pretty decent against the better sides. I'd say generally Oxford if you look, away, we've we've have they beat I don't I think we've I don't think they've they beat us down there. No. I think I gen, just I think we beat them the last last two two occasions we played them at their place. So um yeah it's good I think it's always where we fall down is dropping points against you know the teams at the near the bottom of the table, um, and it was nice for a change. You know, because I watch the League One games and the performance that we put in the weekend doesn't dissimilar to teams like who are above us who have seen. I've watched the games and they just find a way. It's like Wigan, it's I think, is the prime example, yeah. aren't they? Wigan have Rotherham done it throughout like the season. Well. Yeah, yeah, not blowing teams away really, just grafting it and yeah. sticking in there till the end of the game, making yeah. a two-one or, or a one-nil, yeah. but. I think with Gillingham, you know, on Saturday they come with the, the back five. They had three centre midfielders compact and narrow, and they were happy to let us almost bring the ball to the halfway line. Um, and then it was what what we done after that, really, wasn't it? We were almost getting to their final third, and just that lack of quality on the on the final ball, wasn't it? Um, you know, trying to thread balls, or we didn't really work the goalkeeper too much. You know, I think it said we had twenty five shots, but I can't recall us having that many really. If you if you think about it, what they class as shots, um, I think there was five on target. Um, so yeah, I think in, in the games where we have had a, we, more often than not, we do have a lot of possession, more so than the opposition. But it's what we're doing with it as well, isn't it? It's all right having the ball, but it's breaking yeah. the opposition. Down. Is, we got we got in good, we got into good areas. Um, yeah, especially well, you know. Well, this is what like, I was going to ask about. Yeah, so are we hoping that playing it? And you've alluded to it already, Danny. Playing against some of these better teams will suit us because, for all you know, I agree with Gareth in terms of saying you know I don't think we were that bad we just played against a team who had zero ambition whatsoever and we found a way but there were occasions and I'm thinking Roberts in particular on the right on, on, on the right hand side getting into the box but the cut the cutting edge wasn't there and and, and the decision making so why why the cross why the cross the ball in the air instead well, of cutting the back on the ball well, the amount of well, times the ball's going in the air and it's going over everybody's head and you're thinking surely you're cutting that across the box there to see if somebody you can find your target that way. The, the um the amount of times well Ironically, it was scored from one of these bad areas. I would term the the, the cross is a bad. It's a bad area to cross a ball. Sort of from. a deep, deep, wide area from it's where a, it's going. It's a low. It's a yeah. low. Per, it's a low percentage ball. Mm. And like we kept on working the ball, working the ball back away from goal, and then putting these deep sort of crosses in. I don't think Clark beat his man on the outside. The entire he didn't even attempt to to take it on down down the outside. Every time he wanted to come back inside, and it's just too predictable. Too predictable. Yeah. No, I, th- I think, uh, and I've heard people saying that about wingers playing on what we call the opposite side, isn't it? With you know Roberts on the right with his left foot, and, and Clark obviously predominantly right footed playing out on that left hand side. And but I think a lot of a lot of wingers prefer to do that now. You know, I've touched on players. You look at top flights. Salah plays out on the right, all left foot. Mares, you know, Sterling prefers left going down there. 
I think you cut inside, it opens the pitch up. But yeah, I think at times maybe you can swap the wingers over. So you go and have 10, five, 10 minutes on the opposite side. Can you get to the byline and fizz a couple of balls in low? You know, for Ross, he was starved the service really, wasn't he, throughout the game Saturday? I think he had one. Was it Lyndon Gooch that come on? He got yeah. to the byline, fizzed her in, and, and the Tucker, I think it was, managed to get a good block in. Um, I think with Roberts, I do like him out there. You know, he is sharp and he drops a shoulder and he comes inside. But once he does come inside, you've seen it second half where once he went past one man, the next one was coming onto him because they had seven or eight defenders in and around the edge of the 18-yard box. It was difficult for him to work that half a yard to get the shot away. Uh, but yeah, I just think sometimes maybe they can have a little change for five, ten minutes, just go on the opposite side. Because as you say there, Clark, I think there was times where he could have knocked it past his man. He didn't back mm-hmm. himself, did he, with his pace maybe to go past him on the outside, wanted to come back in. And sometimes when they do that, these wingers, the, the opposition then get a midfielder, comes across, they double up and it becomes difficult and the, the pace of the attack goes goes out the window really and then they manage to get back and defend the 18-yard box easier. I guess you know. I guess the fullback would give the give the option of going down the outside and and creating that option, maybe distracting the the fullback in that way, and maybe making them think about drawing them that way to create the space if he does want to come inside. But it didn't feel as all the fullbacks were doing that. They were kind of deeper and then receiving yeah. the like as an option to receive the ball once we'd come inside. Um, but I thought, like, generally first half, it was the majority of the time we were trying to overload that right-hand side. It felt like, you know, we had a lot of play down that right-hand side yeah. with Roberts and Winchester. Um, Which is fine. You usually yeah. be better, better when you get in the positions, though, don't you? I mean, I, I, what, I'm, what, your opinion on this, Danny, because it's when Gareth's saying there, so Embleton's crossing, he's saying it's a, it's a sort of low percentage cross, if you like, in terms of, you know, a player's discouraged from doing certain things because of the success rate now and we're looking at the stats a lot because when Roberts cut inside and had that shot that you mentioned it wasn't a particularly good shot and the keeper pied it out in a very less than impressive fashion in my opinion and it's a really old, it might sound really old school and really old fashioned this but players don't test the keeper anymore is that because they're being discouraged from doing it because they're saying no no the percentage of you scoring from that distance is low we're going to try and work it another way. But actually, these are human beings and these are League One footballers. And warm his hands up, see what he's like. Yeah. yeah. No, I think so. Yeah, sometimes, you know, early on as well in games, conditions as well. If it's wet, get a shot away early on, test the keeper. As you've seen a few keepers obviously playing at this level um, for a reason, you know, not disrespecting other lads who are playing at this level, but uh, test the keeper early on. That's a bit of a cliche saying, isn't it? See, see what his handling's like. Uh, corners as well, put a couple of corners on top of them. Uh, but no, I think if you look at the, the opportunities, you mentioned Embleton's there, obviously he was out on that right-hand side, receives it off Lyndon Gooch and he, he comes inside and bends it in with his left foot. Um, I, I'd say, you know, Gallus mentioned it there, I wouldn't say it's from a, a difficult, uh, a worrying area really, it's, it's it's pretty much out on the touchline and it's quite a flighted cross. I think from, from their point of view, Neil Harris will be really disappointed between the centre half and, and the full back, the the ball's in the air quite a while, wasn't it? There's no contact on on Broadhead to you know to put him under pressure and to try and win the header. It's almost a free header really off the back of the centre half. Uh, and then the one in the first half, Jack Clark bent in, coming in on his right foot for for Luke O'Nine, wasn't it? I think Luke. Yeah. I've heard a few people saying, "Oh, he's got to do better," but I think when you watch it back, he's almost facing our yeah, goal, Luke. Yeah. He's, he's made that run and he's tried to help it on 
on the way. So it was a difficult one, he, really. I but... think he did well like, to make contact. And yeah, I, was be- I, was be- I was behind that goal and I thought he did well just to get contact on it yeah. personally. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I think, so you're looking at the two opportunities, one we've scored from, they're both coming from the, we'll say, wingers coming in from inside, aren't they, really, rather than crossing it from, from the side they're playing on, on that on that foot. Um, but, so, what about, but, so, the, the midfield selection. So, I mean, you know, Alex Neil said he prepared all week for, for Gillingham to come and put 10 men behind the ball, show zero ambition, like we said. So, I can understand the logic between having two workers like uh, nine and Evans. You know what I'm going to ask you, don't you? Um, yeah. I with 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 the um, the three in front and then the striker. It's very Roy Hodgson that you know mm. it does what it says on the tin. You have your two yeah. grafters in the middle, and then you have your three fast players ahead of them. Um, he sets that up, you know, everywhere he goes. Uh, Roy does Roy Hodgson. Um, but I think what Emberland showed, and it links to what you said there, Danny, how we're, we're looking to get crosses in from further back. Emberton can hit the ball with both feet. Yeah. So I know people would say Dan Neil naturally, but his, you know, him not being included, if, if that's going to be a tactic, because that's that's one of his strengths. Normally, you would you you would he, he he's capable of going down the right and whipping it in with his right foot from that position, or cutting inside like he did and putting it in on his left. He could do that, and not many players can do that. So if that's going to be your strategy, you know, I, I would suggest if you're going to play a team with zero ambition, you can be afford you can afford to have those kind of players in in the middle of the park as well. Yeah, I think so. Whether he's looked at Dan, I think he did he play eighty odd minutes. Um, was it against Germany? Maybe in the week he's come back, and Dan will have been disappointed. But as you say, I think it was the crew game, wasn't it? Where again he came off the bench, takes the ball on the halfway line, fizzes it into Ross, gets it back on the give and go, and and took it away. Lovely. And you're thinking, yeah, is he going to come on? But you know, you'll, Alex Neil will argue he made three subs. Was it on the hour mark? Just after the hour mark, I think used all the substitutions. Obviously, didn't feel it was working, or we weren't breaking them down. Um, so he makes the changes, and then obviously they had an effect on the game as well. You know, Gooch sets it back to Embleton, Embleton into the box, and then the third substitution, Broadheads on the end of it. So from his point of view, you know, he'll take praise, and you know his substitutions have worked out that way. But. Uh, no, I think um, sometimes they're going to work out, sometimes they're not. But I think you've, you've got to just keep on going as we did at the weekend there. And uh, hopefully you get the rub of the green. Now, obviously, nine times out of ten, Elliot might put that cross in from deep. You'd expect the centre-halves to defend it. Up against Nathan Broadhead as well, let's be honest, he's not six foot four, is he? You know, if it's Ross coming over the top of the, the centre-half there and powering it in, you'd say fair enough. But um, at the end of the day, Elliot's put the ball in there into that area, keeper didn't come and get involved. And uh, Nathan's got up quite well and, and put it away. So substitutions worked out and uh, it all worked out in the end. So we're saying, we praise Neil and saying that he's now a modern manager and he looks at the full 90. <laughs> he looks at the full 90 minutes and we don't just, we don't pick a team to go and try and get our nose in front. We're looking at the whole 90 minutes and we're saying how we're going to. Uh, Utilize our substitutes. We'll be we'll be yeah, asking think, for we'll be asking for the five sub rule down here next. Yeah, possible. I mean, going back to Dan. Yeah, you're saying there we played obviously Corey Evans, who's, who's obviously a sitter, and Luke O'Nine. Luke at times, yes, he does get forward as as we've seen for the the effort he hit the crossbar with, and he, he does get forward. He come on the other week and got a goal as well, didn't he, against Fleetwood? Um, but yeah, you're looking at that. Matete's obviously come out of the team in the last couple of games. Didn't play down at Lincoln either. Um, so we've got options on the bench there, but it's what he's seen and it's what he's gone for. I think he's gone four two three one at the weekend because he wanted to bring Alex Pritchard back in in that ten role. Yeah. And I thought he was okay at the weekend. I thought he looked quite sharp. I've heard people saying he, he didn't look too sharp. I thought his touch was good. 
he was trying to get on the ball, but it was tight and compact and it was difficult at times. Um, so, yeah, listen, he's got a lot of a lot of attacking players in that final third to pick from, haven't you? Just look at the bench. Sometimes he's going to get it right and sometimes he doesn't. And I think it's always hindsight, isn't it, post-match. If we, if we hadn't have won that game and then fans are obviously questioning selections and why didn't he go with this formation? And I think he said after the game as well, you know, he brought Danny Barr for a reason. He went back to the ball because... They had Vidane Oliver up top. Obviously, he didn't really get too much involvement in the game because they didn't come out of their half, to be honest. But uh, he said, I brought Danny Bart back in because Danny's obviously a big centre-half and I thought he did win a few headers when the ball did come forward just to, to counteract what is their only real threat. Uh, you know, lumping balls forward to him and trying to get runners off him, but they didn't really do that throughout the 90 minutes. Mm. OK, well, we'll have a quick break and then we'll just continue a bit what we were, we were talking about earlier. We'll just look at where Sunderland were in previous seasons and have a chat about what we think is going to happen. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Right, just a quick five, ten minutes now, uh, just to wrap things up. There's no midweek game for us to talk about anywhere. Um, super competitive league. This is this the, this is the highest standard since we've been down here without backing that up with anything. Mm, just I don't know uh, if it's the know. highest standard. It's probably the yeah, most competitive. Okay. Yeah, sorry, that's what. I, yeah, rather than highest standard, I think Luton and Barnsley arguably yeah. had better teams on display now. But in terms of the spread of, of teams up there and involved. Yeah, possibly. That? I mean, what did um, did Hull win it with last year? Was it 82 points? Did they? I think 88, wasn't it? 89? 88 in the end. So, yeah, you're looking at the two yeah. at the minute, stats on 80. So, you'd expect them to, to go past that, I think. Um, but no, it's been competitive. Yeah, I know people will say, all oh, the standard's not been quite there. You know, every team pretty much has had a, a winning streak and obviously a losing streak like we have, um, you know, through that period. And then obviously Lee Johnson losing his job. Um but yeah, it's how you respond. And at this current stage, you know, Alex Neal's come in and I think we're, we're obviously, was it seven unbeaten now? Um, yes, we would have maybe liked another win or two in that in that run. But um, he's, he showed us up at the back, five clean sheets in six. So you can't argue with that. And, yeah. you know, and those two away games, which we deserved to win, we didn't. But, you know, we could have been sat another, what, another four points on top of what we got. Um, but it is competitive. You're looking down the league. There's still a lot to play for. Down to perhaps, say, eighth, I think, Bad result for Ipswich at the weekend at home to Cambridge. I think that might be them out of it now because they played 41 games yeah. as well. But the eight teams above there are still right in the mix, aren't they? It's This is around the time um, 
under Lee Johnson and under Jack Ross at Sunderland had their end of season collapses. Uh, I mean, you know, last year under Lee Johnson, Sunderland 37 games were on 70 points and it, the title was in their hands. So they had one game in hand on um, Peterborough and two on Hull and that would have took them top if they'd won them. I mean, three games later, they picked up one point and suddenly the eight points behind Hull and five points behind Peterborough. So we're only actually a point better off than we are now at this stage last season, 40 games, 71 points. Um, and we're still clear of the playoffs, which shows how competitive it is, because now we're only a point behind that, and we're worried, saying we could be eighth by the weekend. And um, and yet Sunderland at that point, this point last season, I mean, they were they were way, way ahead of the team in seventh, nine points ahead of the team in seventh. So that shows that, you know, the, the, the standard is or the, certainly more competitive because um, that, that is where we were at this stage last season. There's about, about 74 points usually get you in the playoffs. There's about 74, 75 points, something like you that. You need more than that now, aren't you? And exactly what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. that, you know, we'd, you'd be talking about securing your playoffs with 70s. If we won, like, say, win 73, 74 points at the weekend, you'd be probably usually with five games to go that would probably be enough to see you into uh, in, in in the playoffs. And obviously you'd probably be third or fourth in the league. Um, like you say this year, it's been a lot more competitive. Um, just frust- it's just frustrating. Like, you, you know, it, that we're in the situation we're in. And well, it, oh, oh. hopefully we're going in the, you know, hopefully like we'll see, we're going to put something together and go into the playoffs with some momentum because I'm looking at that collapse and we're looking at the Jack, I mean, we, you know, the, we didn't play this far into the season uh, um, in 2020. Um, so I'm, lo- I'm looking back to Jack Ross's season, our first season down here and again, 40 games, we're on 80 points. So a good 10 points better off than we are now. Luton have run away with a little bit by this point, but we're, we're a point clear of Barnsley in third with the game in hand. And we finished fifth that season. That is some collapse. So that is, you know, examples of two the two out of the three seasons we've made the playoffs of the form just gone off a cliff. So, you know, try and look for positives here. You know, Danny said there that he, no. you know, Nate Neil's managed to put the clean sheets together and we're we're winning, you might say it's winning ugly, but at least, you know, it would be nice to go in the playoffs with some form because we've not had any form in the other campaigns. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I think you say there, you know, you, you almost staggered our way into the playoffs last time around, the, the two seasons, and obviously the season that wasn't uh, for us. But uh, no, going in it, into it now, seven unbeaten. So the lads will be confident. I think lads coming back from injury, there's not too many left in the treatment room now, is there? Um, Ada McGeady, maybe to come back. Um, and yeah, be confident in there going into these games now. And you just hopefully you can get on this run. As you say there, you're probably looking 78 points ish. Minimum to, to to secure yourself a place uh, going into the playoffs as well, and I know people are saying it's not about performances; it's about the results. And of course, yes, to some extent, I get that. But at the same time, we're sort of getting away with it a little bit against the lesser teams, haven't we? If you look at the last three home games where we haven't played particularly well, especially Fleetwood and Crew, but we come away with six points and similar at the weekend, really. Um, but you might get found out a little bit against the better teams, might you? If you don't turn up and and put in a performance. But so. the thing is, though, it's at the same time. I would say that it's it's going to be a completely different prospect in those games. I mean, you touched on it at, at the start. You know that I think the game at the weekend and the games against Plymouth and Rotherham will be more open. Open, 
and and there'll be more opportunities. I think one of the things that's really improved under Neil is, you know, when when like when we transition the ball from a defensive situation, the options. So in in terms of you know where people take up areas of the pitch to receive yeah. the ball, so we win that ball back and release the pressure. Like under Johnson, when when we got into these sort of situations where we were getting battered for a spell. We could never release the pressure. We could never get out. We never. We didn't have no our ball was there. No, we yeah. didn't have any sort of way of, of sort of stemming the flow. And eventually, you know, we'd concede, and the second one would go in, third one goes in, and that's it. It's you know, it happened a few few times. Um, so this, it, it feels a little bit like it's this would it will be a tougher prospect in terms of defensive test um, when we play the better sides. But I mean, we went to Wigan and, and we won three nil. Um, yeah. So I, I think somebody like Pritchard is great that he's back because I think against the better sides, it's good, he's going to make a massive difference. Because I think if you give him time and space on the ball and sort of their half, he can do some damage. And I think Roberts will as well. So. I mean, obviously, the lads will preview the game on Thursday, but I think that's going to be really... It's going to be... I think it'll be a good um, sort of litmus test of where we are under Neil. I was looking at it before. And the last nine games in charge under Johnson, I think um, we've taken 15 points. Um, And it was about... That points per game, about 1.66 under Neil, I think we've taken 16 points um, and it's 1.77 is the points per game under Neil in the nine games. So it's not... And there's been, there's been an improvement as we've gone on, you have it's, to say. Yeah, it's not... Lost, yeah. yeah. I mean, first it, couple of games were tricky, weren't they? Yeah, but I think... I mean, we should never have lost that game against MK Dons. It's just ridiculous that we look like we gave we gave them two goals. We gave, I mean, the yeah. goal against Fleetwood, we conceded. We've conceded one goal in the last six games, and we gave them the goal. We, yeah. We're not getting broken down as, as, as easily. I think we did get we did get away with it a bit against early in Neil's reign, but it feels as though we have um, definitely, definitely become more defensively solid. I mean, say put on the on the Twitter that you know Neil's nine games in charge. We've conceded fewer goals than we did in Lee Johnson's last game in charge, um, which is, you know, a funny stat. And that's not having a dig at Lee Johnson at all. It's, it's more just, you know, highlight when you look and then you look at those last um, nine games from Johnson as well. When I was like kind of working it out and scrolling through, you see like three one Lincoln, three three at Wickham, six nil Bolton. You know, um, yeah. It's trying to get the balance, isn't it, guys? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, when we, we spoke to Alex Neil on, on the podcast and he said, coming in, I've got to try and get the balance. He said, yes, we want free-flowing attacking football, but we don't want to be open at the back door. And that's pretty much as you're saying it there, I think. The clean sheets we've had, but Pato's not really having to make too many saves either, is he? I think even away at Wigan, he made, made two, didn't he, in the, in the yeah. 90 minutes, if that, uh, at the weekend, as you say, spectator and, and previous games as well. So that's a good thing. Right, well... Some a couple of questions to finish, Danny, because we did ask people on Twitter if they had any questions uh, for you. Silly, most of them, to be honest. I'm trying to find a couple that um that are sensible. A lot of people uh, asking about like fizzy stuff and that. You know, they're, they're bringing it from the terraces. Crack here, don't do it. 
uh, you know, take it elsewhere. Take it on Thursday show if you must, but, um, you know, mad asking stupid questions. Serious pot, this one, yeah. yeah, asking your questions, uh, your opinions on asbestos and stuff just being well, daft. You can just ask him yourself, Matthew. I know. Well, yeah. He's just been... He's, he's fronting up, isn't he? He's just a silly, yeah. little, silly little boy at the back of the class <laughs> causing trouble. <laughs> uh, a couple of, couple of random in the hall. ones. A couple of random ones. Um, Jeff Woodworth. Uh, when you put your socks and shoes on, do you go left foot first or right oh, so foot So you can't say, I'm not going to ask any silly questions. Yeah, then but, well, the reason, the reason I'm letting that one fly is because it could have been like a uh, link to when you were playing and was there a super system, yeah. I guess. I'd have no, yeah, you're right in a way. Left paddles used to go on first and left boot. Um, so yeah that's, yeah, that's one there for him. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, superstition there, I think. I'm not uh, sure Darryl, why. Daryl Gray is asking if you're annoyed with Jermaine Defoe. Um, I won't say annoyed. I mean, obviously, I heard him speaking yesterday. Um, how would I put it, really? I think, from my point of view, looking at it, I think, could he have seen the season out, really? Yeah. Seven games to go. You know, if it was mid-season and he didn't feel up to it, then maybe. But I think with him only coming in in, in January, at the end of January as well, wasn't it? If he perhaps thought he was fit enough then, he could he could contribute and he'd come in. Um, and then, obviously, he was. He had. I think he started a couple of games, was coming off the bench, I thought. The last couple, he was actually looking sharper. Um, he turned, didn't he, down at Lincoln, put one past the post. And, and you just, for me, I was thinking between now and the end of the season, he's going to have a moment where he contributes and whether he gets us a goal or two, um, you know, being around the place as well with the younger boys, his experience, etc. likes a broadhead. But he obviously spoke and said that he felt he was perhaps going to get in the way of these lads getting some game time. But I didn't I'm see not, it like that. I'm but, not buying you know, that either, no. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> Jermaine's views, I suppose. We have to go with what he says. Why, he, why, he sign, why would you sign anyway if you thought that? Yeah, I or guess that's the thing. Did he say... not look at the squad before he signed? Yeah. Um, he, he mentioned, didn't he? Obviously, he had, what, 20 minutes or so for, for Rangers, if that, didn't he? I think in, earlier in the season. So is he, is he maybe banking on himself, coming down here, getting himself match fit? But then he said, you know, you're doing that much training when you weren't playing. You know, players do. You, you, you run after games and perhaps he wasn't enjoying that side of it where, you know, cold Tuesday nights, you're sitting there, you're not really getting game time. Then the physio takes you out and gives you a blast running an 18-yard box and doing these doggies. And perhaps he's thinking, oh, is this for me at 39? You know, I'm not sure. Seven so, games or seven games. Yeah, exactly. Over. Exactly. You know, well, you're coming into this time of the year and it's the business end. It's not as if we're sort of, sat in 12th and there's nothing happening in the season, is it? You're right in the middle of it. Is he not thinking, you know, perhaps go out with a bang, get himself a couple of goals, get us helpless, get us promoted. You know, it's all ifs and buts, I suppose. Do you it? think, do you think if he turns and hits that one at Lincoln and it goes in the bottom corner, he retires the following Tuesday, Wednesday? Do you no, re- do you, no, no chance. No, I'd say, uh, I'd say not probably now. So. Well, I mean, he's probably listened to this podcast where we've said there's right, no I'm way sure. he, there's, there's no way he's not going to make an impact and then thought well that's yeah. me re- yeah. that's me retiring then um <laughs> yeah. you know like when you said um this team this team's going to get promoted <laughs> yeah, and then we, we keep a, and then we, we didn't win for about three weeks we keep up our, got and, yeah we keep up a really good track record with stuff like that um what else we got just a couple more um so Duncan Kerr's uh, asking if you would deafen one ear after Frankie screamed at you uh, for the winning goal on Saturday. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a few people ask me that. Uh, do you know what? I didn't notice it too much through the headphones at the time. Uh, obviously, I can hear him because we communicate through the headphones. But no, listen, he got a bit excited. To be fair, I got excited as well. And 
It's one of them, isn't it? Yeah, people, I've seen people saying, oh, why are we getting excited? It's Gillingham at home in League One and we're celebrating a, a 1-0 win against Gillingham. But it's just where we're at at this moment in time. And, you know, business end of the season, we've said it there. And how important the goal could be. Uh, those two points we, we gained from, from getting the goal. Um, but yeah, you, you get lost in the moment. And, and he was right, Frank. He said, didn't he? About 20 seconds before we scored, the roof could come off and the noise still in there. Obviously, few people had left because generally people do before the end of the game thinking, that's it, we've another nil-nil. Uh, you know, so people are streaming out the ground, but uh, now we've got the goal and right at the end of the game and it's a big, important goal for us. Right, and I know, I know, I know you've seen the image of this one. So uh, somebody's posted your um, match attacks card from back in the day when you played in the Premier League for Sunderland and basically you know what this is you get a score for defence and a score for attack and that's as basic as it goes they've given right. you 42 for defence which I don't know if it's out of 50 or 100 or what um, what was out of 100 I know well that's what I was wondering <laughs> yeah. like, surely not yeah. um, and he said do you think they've done you dirty by only giving you 8 for attack <laughs> Eight, it can't, eight it can't be out of a hundred if eight for attack and forty eight out of a hundred. Imagine I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm um, no, I think I've done. I get. I think I only got three in my time at Sunderland. Three goals. So maybe um, it's accurate then. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, it depends. I, I, I got on the end of some yeah, corners you, going you, up. And you, you, know. you had you had a marauding spell at left back, didn't you? With yeah, you yeah, that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think at my time at Ipswich, I think I played sixteen games for them on loan and got four or five goals. So that's striker territory, isn't it? Really, when you're looking at those stats, but I would have expected a little bit more than eight, maybe. But uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, well, uh, Bradley Sharp, who does stuff with, he's been on this pod before. And he does stuff with. Uh, um, well, Graham across on what the fuck doesn't he asking your opinion on doors and wheels we're not going there Bradley the conversation that conversation moved on uh, you'll be asking him if you saw wheels, yeah. you'll be you'll be asking you've got it saw, you, right? that's another asking, stupid question you've asked you'll be asking him two. if he um, <laughs> if he saw um, a, a blue dress or a um, gold dress next oh that, that one, one was. yeah that was <laughs> that was that was lilac wasn't it <laughs> uh, yeah we've had this doors and wheels I yeah, think we had no, it with, yeah uh, no I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. we're you not getting to, you, should, you should ask one of Matthew's stupid questions and now you've asked now you've asked two he's, stupid he's for questions. his opinions on asbestos which is uh, oh, did it, did you I didn't hear that my computer yeah. went funny oh, All right, okay. goes, what yeah. was the answer I'm intrigued uh, we didn't, I didn't push for an answer to be honest like I didn't push for an answer didn't push for an answer I mean what can you say it was I'm just that, you know what I'm just acknowledging that people have made the effort to um, to tweet us when we ask that's all really there's loads of there's loads I missed out there I didn't have time there of all of of all of Matthew's obsessions and I'll put this up there with um, the death of Princess Diana um, this is the stupidest I mean it's an inanimate object what? Why? He needs. He needs help. Well, this this is not helping you. Giving it um, oxygen. Well, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I, I think he. I think you know. I, I think he will give us time on his hands, oxygen. Doesn't he? I, I don't know if he, I don't even think he does. I just think he's an idiot. <laughs> but you know, he's a lovable idiot. So well, yeah. our idiot. He's one harmless. of them ones. One of them ones. Our yeah. idiot. Right. Okay. So, thanks for coming along, Danny. Just to finish, do you? Your gut instinct tell you that Sunderland are going to reach the playoffs at least this year? Or yeah, are you concerned? Well, I'm concerned, of course. I mean, you look at the table and you know games to play. But you know, I've said it before. When when we're at it, when we're on our game and we get our passing game going, then we're more than capable of beating anyone in the in the league. And you know, you, you can look at the fixtures as much as you want. But if we if we don't turn up on the day, that counts for nothing. But I think 
with the games we've got left, um, if we win certainly four of those, I think that'll be more than enough to, to seal us a place. And then it's a bit of a lottery once you get into those playoffs. Isn't it? As we've seen last year, we didn't really turn up down at, at Lincoln in the first leg. Um, but no, I, I'd back us um, against any of the teams really on our day. If, if we turn up, we're capable of, of getting a result and we do a playoff win, aren't we? Yeah, I'd certainly feel more confident going to the playoffs with Alex Neil, who seems to think about these games in isolation a lot more than maybe his predecessor did and where anything, you feel like anything can happen when you're going to the games. Right, OK, well, uh, thanks for coming along, Danny, and um, thanks to you for listening, as always. <laughs>Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.